Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a Teen Mom Deep Dive podcast. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hey, hi. There's a lot of news this week, but just off the bat, we're going to still do throwbacks. Look, here's the deal. I'm recording this a little early uh, because I'm going to the shore this weekend and my dad is being like cagey about when he'll be at the apartment. Not cagey. My dad is just <laughs> infuriating to communicate with. Um, so I was like, oh, I'll record before I go down. And I started to watch Team Mom Young and Pregnant. And I realized that I just didn't really feel like watching it. I didn't feel like watching it and I didn't feel like talking about it. And what I did feel like watching and talking about is Team Mom 2 Season 3. So we're going to watch the last two episodes of Team Mom 2 Season 3. Here's the thing. I don't know if I'm going to go back to covering Young and Pregnant. I am, like, loving these throwbacks so much. I think they're so fun to do that I, like, I don't know. I don't know if I'll, like, have it in me to watch Young and Pregnant. I'm, like, really hyped to get into season four soon of Teen Mom. That's, like, Javi and Kale getting married. That's Leah being super fucking messy with Jeremy and Corey again. Um, Gary Head comes around. I, like, have forgotten about Gary Head. Gary Head comes around for Janelle. And Janelle's, like, progress that she's making starts to, like, rapidly deteriorate. I want to cover that. That's that's my truth. I want to cover that. But there's actually like a ton of fucking news to talk about. Oh, by the way, I feel like I totally forgot last week, but I have a Patreon in case you don't know. Patreon.com slash Liz Explains. I talk about all things that I want to talk about. Uh, this week's episode, I did Extreme Sisters on TLC, which is like <laughs> on my Patreon. I talk about shows that fall into the category of look at these fucking freaks and TLC, like, loves to look at these fucking freaks show. And let me just tell you, I Extreme Sisters is my favorite looky fucking freak show in a long time. It's incredible. I watched all of the episodes very quickly. And I had Maria on, who is an Extreme Sister. <laughs> and it was just really fun. And then I think this upcoming week, I'm going to talk about TikTok. I have a little list going of things and topics I just want to talk about. I have had a bunch of people like recommend me topics to talk about. But my thing with TikTok is that like I have to organically find it like and I'll get in. I'm going to talk about like finding the drama on TikTok on my episode. So patreon.com slash Liz explains. You'll be hearing this, I think, on the last day of this month. So you should sign up on the first. The first is the best day to sign up for Patreons if you didn't know that. Um, so yeah, come listen. Let's talk about Allison Fern. You know, will she have had her baby by then? I hope so. Because is she 48 weeks pregnant? Could be. She could be. <laughs> anyway, let's talk news. I feel like I went from like not really posting a bunch on Instagram for a while because nothing was really going on to making like 18 posts in the last week. So let me scroll, 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 scroll back. One. First things, I mentioned last week that like Barbara and Deb were filming with the Team Mom Young and Pregnant Girls. Apparently that's for Girls Night In. So we're going to get more Girls Night In, which is great. And Barbara and Deb are going to be part of it. <laughs> Love that. 
would love to see Janelle's reaction to MTV bringing Barb back. I kind of wonder if MTV would bring Janelle back for Girls Night In. Not not to be on like Teen Mom, but like to do a Girls Night In type of special. I could maybe see them filming with Janelle for that because if she would like agree to fly to LA without David, right? Like if they could get her to film without David and just with Barbara. Here, am I a bad person? Yes, because would I like to see Janelle and Barbara on Girls Night In? Yeah, I think that'd be like a really fun way to bring them back on the show. Okay, so first things first. Mackenzie McKee has once again broken up with Josh. (laughs) Does that mean they'll say broken up? Probably not. But she did tweet, the dating world is whack, guys. These men out here playing. Oh, God. Um, I've been out of this game for way too long. So Mackenzie's back to dating. She hasn't really expanded on what happened yet. But I'm sure in three weeks she'll be back with Josh. And when people are like, you got back with Josh? She's going to be like, why would you think Josh and I weren't together? Why would you think that? (laughs) Because we know that's exactly what she does. So until she's, I don't know, married to somebody else, I'm not sure I'll believe that she's done with Josh. Okay, next thing. Next thing that happened. Oh, did they break up? Did I talk about? I don't know if that happened before the last week's episode was out. Okay, next thing that happened. So Chris, Chris Lopez got on his Instagram stories and basically said that Kale tried. Well, this is what he said. As a woman, what possesses you to say, I will really beat the beat you the fuck up knowing that one, you can't fight and two, you're not like that. Um, Obviously, he's talking about Kale because he would only subtweet like this if it's about kale it's weird i feel like it's weird (laughs) in what would be a domestic violence situation because that's what this would be if kale and chris fought one another um to be like you can't fight like what what (laughs) like i i i think that's very weird because that kind of implies that like the two of you would be having a fair fight in which you would beat their ass I don't know. That's like a weird fucking thing to say. Like, Kale, don't threaten to fight me because you can't fight. I, and for him to be like, like, when you read that, what would possess a woman to say, I really want to beat you the fuck up? Most people would then finish that with like knowing that it's wrong and that I can't hit you back. And you know what I mean? Like all the reasons why we, oops, why we say it's really bad for like a woman to hit a man right like it's fucked up I mean it should just be fucked up but of course there's an element of like if a woman hits a man he shouldn't hit her back blah 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 that's usually like the conversation around this type of incident so for Chris to be like why would you threaten that when you're just you're really not about that life and even if you were like you're bad at fighting and I would win (laughs) like it's just bizarre so I was I saw that and I was like, okay. His next thing is, granted, I get it. Your boyfriend's in the car, but why would you want him to get his ass whooped for you? Now he's going to hate you. Make that make sense, Kale Lowry. <laughs> oh, gosh. So I guess she wanted Elijah and Chris to fight. I don't know why. And then he brings it home with this. 
out here talking about how you'll beat my beat me up. Now you know you gotta protect the belly, so stop it. Basically implying that Kale's pregnant again and he knows it. Do we believe this? Maybe. I like anything that Chris or Kale say about one another, I'm like, maybe. I it very well could be true. It very well could be true. And knowing Kale's pregnant and outing it online is a hundred percent something that Chris would do, right? Like Chris would kill to do that. Especially because, you know, they like to go back and forth on who's going to out one another's pregnancies. <laughs> like, that's such a Kale and Chris thing. But Chris is also a fucking troll. Chris is an asshole. I can, like, totally see Chris being, like, I'm going to, like, make people think that she's pregnant. I'm not going to say that she's pregnant. I'm just going to say that she has to protect the belly. Because that's not really me saying she's pregnant. So do I think Kale's pregnant? I don't know. I don't know. Because once again, would it be the craziest thing in the world if Kale got pregnant? Well, yes, it would be crazy. Would it be surprising if Kale was pregnant again? No. No, it wouldn't be. Would it be fucking insane if she was pregnant again? Yes. If Kale gets pregnant again, it's like (laughs) having four baby fathers I don't mean it in like a you're slutty way. Like I I don't care about that. But like having that amount of dysfunction and chaos and like having to deal with five children with four different active-ish. I mean, I don't know how active Chris is, but I think he's active-ish. But like dealing with four different active fathers. Girl, what are you doing? What are you doing? But I really wouldn't be surprised if it was true. I hope it's not true. I really hope Kale's done having kids. I really do. The last thing she needs to do is bring another kid into this world. Have another man that she needs to fight with over her children. She's also been with this guy for like six months. Like, slow the fuck down. Just date someone. You don't need to, like, be living with them and having kids with them in a minute. Like, what are you doing, girly? Makes no sense. I So, I don't know. Is Kale pregnant? My gut says no. My gut says Kale is not pregnant. Chris is just fucking mad at Kale and he's being an asshole. But I also feel like it would be crazy for me to sit on this mic and be like, mm, I don't think Kale's pregnant. Because of course Kale could be pregnant. Why would I say, why would I make such an idiotic statement? You know what I mean? Like that would just be stupid of me to act like I could think that Kale's not pregnant. The last time that that happened was right before she announced her pregnancy with Lux. I remember um, in a lot of, I think it might have been in like the EVP Facebook group, actually, people being like, who's going to be the next team mom that gets pregnant? And I was like, 100% not Kale. Kale will not be getting pregnant again. Because remember, like her and Javi had just announced their divorce. I was like, there is no way that Kale will be getting pregnant again. She'd be crazy to get pregnant again. And then like literally three weeks later, she's fucking announcing her pregnancy with Lux. And then she went on to have Creed. So you won't catch me denying a pregnancy from Kale. (laughs) Until I see on camera her getting her tubes tied and even then, like, we'd get some Chloe Tristan Thompson, like, surrogate news, you know? It's just, it's just, uh, I can't, I can't, I can't take that on. Like, I can't take on that doubt. Okay, next story. I'm telling you there's a lot going on. So, Brianna announced that she had a new boyfriend this week. She posted a picture of this guy that looked quite old. 
Uh, come to find out, he's 42, she's 28. Like, is he older than her? Yes, but I don't think it's that crazy. Like, that's a significant age difference, but I feel like once you're in your late 20s or 30s, like, it's whatever. You know, it 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 will be a big difference, like, if they do get married. Like, I do think there's a big difference when you're 50 and they're 64. Like, I think it's that. We're seeing that on, on Potomac with Karen Hooger and Ray because she wants to, like, be living a life and he's ready to retire to Florida. And I think they're 15 to 20 years apart. And I think that was, like, never an issue. But now she's, like, young and, like, in great shape and famous. And she wants to travel and do all this stuff. And he wants to play golf in Florida. Um, So I do think it, like, becomes an issue later on again. But I think at this point in time, like, somebody that's 30 dating somebody in their 40s is not a huge deal. Anyway, this guy is not very attractive. So Brie was, like, really getting clowned on, honestly. Uh, Because it's Brie, everybody hates Brie because this guy isn't hot, blah, blah, blah. Now, then it comes out that this guy was a security guard on Teen Mom Family Reunion, which is how they met. They started talking, like, secretly, and then I guess another security guard found out about it, and so he reported the security guard because the cast isn't supposed to be having relations with the crew. Although, according to Kale, this shit happens. Like, she said that producers have slept with some of her friends. Like, I don't believe for a second that they're that strict about that, especially on a show like Teen Mom. I know in real world it was like a big thing. And honestly, the reason they made it that big rule is because I remember learning this from like a special that MTV must have done back in the day is that like in season one, one of the girls was dating a cameraman and it made for really shitty TV because she (laughs) she wasn't interested in like being part of the show as it was. She was like dating a cameraman. And so that's when they like instituted this like no fraternization policy and famously you know david from real world seattle it was seattle right where he was dating that girl kira i think her name was and that she was like a casting agent and that scene of them in the car and he's like screaming and crying about how much he loves her but so kind of famously like crew isn't supposed to take cast members here's the thing Reality TV productions are, like, incredibly exploitive. They're not union, so they don't have the union protections. They pay really shitty. They have really shitty hours. You're away from your family most of the time because you're filming on location. I I just don't – I don't think it's that strict on Teen Mom is what I'm saying. Apparently, though, that this is the same security crew – that MTV has been using five ever for Teen Mom in the Teen Mom franchises. And apparently, once they found out about this, I guess uh, Brie, like, admitted to Larry, the producer, like, yes, it's true. It's totally consensual. Like, it's not a big deal. And so according to what the Ashley is saying, um, apparently MTV decided to not renew the contracts of, like, the entire security crew that this guy was a part of. So a bunch of these long-term MTV crew members got fired. These Team Mom crew members got fired. Apparently, this all came out um, when they were filming something for that, the legacy show, the combined show. 
And I guess the the rest of the cast is really mad and upset. And like, how dare Brie? And everybody's like, what a dumb slut. Brie is a whore. Fuck Brie. Like, that's the big, you know, the news online. I This doesn't make any fucking sense to me. This doesn't make any fucking sense. It doesn't make a lick of sense. Why would they fire the longtime crew that they've been working with for over a decade because one of the low-level security guards is fucking one of the cast members? That doesn't make any sense. They can just fire him. I saw people on Reddit being like, you don't understand. Actually, it's a big liability issue. And I'm like, I don't think that's true because this is like the same show that lets follow cars follow Janelle pulling a gun out on someone, lets their cast or crew film people like almost dying on drugs, lets the crew like not interact with babies being hurt and abused. Like, I I don't think MTV cares about liability when it comes to filming reality TV shows. I, I just don't believe that to be true. I have had... I used to have a listener, I don't know if she still listens, but if you do, hi, that worked in, like, reality TV and told me, like, Teen Mom is, like, notoriously a really, really bad crew to work on. Like, they're just, they don't treat their staff well. There was a really good article I read, maybe on one of the Gawker, like, media sites a few years ago that just, like, went into how terrible it is, it can be, to work in reality TV. Uh, especially if you compare them to, like, union jobs in Hollywood. Reality TV is, like, the Wild West. I don't know if everybody knows that, but, like, in the entertainment industry, reality TV is non-union. They film outside of L.A. most of the time, so they don't have, like, California protections. It's just a fucking mess. It's why these kids don't have Coogan accounts, right? Because they're not union, because they're not filming in California, blah, blah, blah. I just, this doesn't make sense to me. And if, like, this one security guard who ratted on them thought that they would all be fired for this, like, why would he even tell on them? Like, he, it just, I don't know. I'm seeing everybody blaming Brie for getting all these people fired. And I'm like, uh, I I don't really see how it's Brie's fault. But people are like, well, you know, MTV contracts the whole like the whole security crew so they wouldn't just fire one person i'm like i don't think that's right like yes they contract the whole security crew but there's no reason why mtv or viacom can't be like hey you got to get rid of that guy uh they he might be like technically a subcontractor or whatever but like i feel like mtv could just tell them you have to fire that guy or then we're not renewing. It doesn't make any sense that, like, Brie fucking this one security guard would result in, like, 10 people losing their jobs. To me, like, that's fucked up of MTV. Like, that's that's an MTV problem, and yet Brie's bl- being blamed for it. So, I don't know. Kara really made me laugh because she's like, the funny thing is, like, you know Brie doesn't even really like this guy. <laughs> and, like, that's definitely true because I'm not, I feel like Brie doesn't like anybody. I don't know. It may just be, like, how she expresses herself, but I don't feel like we've ever seen Brie, like, genuinely interested in someone ever. So we'll see what happens with that. I'm guessing it will be on Teen Mom Legacy. Oh, also, apparently, like, the other thing is he's going to be filming now because he's Brie's boyfriend. And so people are mad that, like, Brie got a bunch of people fired and now her boyfriend's still going to get to film, blah, blah, blah. I It just, like, she didn't get them fired. 
That's not MTV fired them. MTV clearly had some bullshit fucking policies that don't make any fucking sense. And that's not Bree's fault. I don't know. It's just stupid. It's really stupid. Okay. Final news of the week is. So, uh, as you know, Amber and Andrew have been in court for quite a while. Andrew has wanted to move back to California. He was denied this quite a few years ago and he had reapplied for this and they had kind of been going back and forth. And Andrew officially has full legal custody, primary physical custody, and he's allowed to move to California. Now, there's a few other things. One, Amber has to pay him $55,000 in back child support. It came out that Amber, just from the show, makes $600,000 a year. $600,000 a year just from this television show. Like, apparently after paying out all of her managers, she's around $475,000. After taxes, she's what, like $250,000 a year to live in Indiana? She's doing quite well for herself. I mean, good for her, I guess. Um, I I just, I, I'm not surprised by that number, but hearing it, because we knew that OGs are making around 500000 but just like seeing it laid out like that is crazy. Um, and imagine how much the girls that are like also doing influencing, because Amber only does the show, are making. Apparently, the judge also said like that her book didn't earn her any extra income, which kind of made me laugh. But I was kind of surprised on the child support thing because I was kind of always under the impression that Andrew living rent free in Amber's house like was essentially the child support. But I guess based on how much money she makes, the mortgage is probably pretty low because it, you know, the house is like $350,000 if I remember correctly. Like I think the mortgage is probably generally pretty low. And so I guess percentage wise, it just doesn't, it's not enough. But yeah, so Andrew's granted $50,000 in back support. So this is what the order says. Okay, Amber will begin to have three days of visitation, including overnights in California first. Then the following month, Andrew will bring James to Indiana. If you'll remember, Andrew had these like crazy requests, which involved like all visitation taking place in California, like three days a week, but not consecutive days and no overnights. Like his request was fucking crazy. So I'm not surprised to see that that didn't happen. But I guess once a month, Amber will be going to California and spending three nights. And then the next month, Andrew will be bringing James to Indiana for three nights. Um, And if you'll remember at this time, she has not had overnights with James since the arrest in 2019. So Actually, in a way, she is getting more time with James. I can understand why she doesn't see it that way, though. Um, So that's phase one, because they have to, like, work her up to multiple overnights because she hasn't had him overnight. Okay. In phase two, her visitation will be up to five days. And in phase three, there is an undetermined amount of days set forth with the document noting that mother will have parenting time pursuant to the Indiana parenting guidelines with the di- with distance as a major factor based upon the age of the child. So I'm assuming that's like when you get like summer, winter break, blah, 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 right? Like you get certain holidays, like you get that type of schedule. Uh, both 
Amber and Andrew are going to have to submit to drug screenings for the next six months and that Amber is ordered to participate in an individual counseling with the counselor of her selection and follow any recommendations made by the counselor. <sighs> I don't I don't know. Oh, also the no contact order has finally been lifting between them so that they could have conversations about James. Look, is this best for James? I, I don't know. I mean, I guess Andrew being in California with his family is good. Andrew is crazy QAnon. Uh, I don't think Andrew's some great guy, but I do think that he is probably the one that's best fit to have primary custody of their child. And I don't think it's crazy for him to want to move back to California. But that said, like, this is, to me, seems like, a really unrealistic schedule, although I guess neither Andrew or Amber work necessarily <laughs> have traditional work schedules, so traveling like shouldn't be that big of an issue. Um, somebody reminded me that when he filed papers in 2021, he said that Amber had missed 53 visits in 2020, which doesn't surprise me, and I'm kind of guessing that that must have kept up. Because letting a child move out of state when the primary parent doesn't have, like, a real substantial need to do so, like, he's not, it's not like Andrew is, like, moving for a job, right? Like, he's just moving to his mom's Malibu estate, which, you know, I want to move to a Malibu estate, too. But letting Andrew move out of state makes me think that Amber has not been utilizing her time. We're not privy to everything, you know, like not everything is public, but it, it kind of makes me think that that must be the case. So Amber responded. OK, she says, I did every single thing I needed to do, including therapy every single week and also medication adjustment. I wasn't I wasn't still am stable. Sorry, she fucks the sentence up. I wasn't still stable mentally for years now. It is not okay to attack a person with mental disorders, especially if they've been clean from substances for multiple years and completely changed everything wrong, every wrongdoing. This is tragic, and my son is the one who will be suffering the most when our lives are torn apart. It is not right to assume everything is true because it's not. I will not be nice about this situation anymore because none of it is okay. If you change and are stable and have proven your stability, then that matters. This is a loss for all mothers who change for peace and love in their children's lives. And just so it can be ripped away after years of fighting for something. This will be a tragedy for many people. And my poor son now has to wonder where his mother is. That boy absolutely adores me. And I have built beautiful relationships with my children today and I'm very present in their lives. This is not a win for my son at all. I pray for him in the sadness and confusion he will have. Now. I do agree with her that the biggest loser in all of this is baby James uh, because his parents are Amber and Andrew, right? Like, full stop. <laughs> oh, this is, this post is very Amber, right? Like, this is the Amber that we know. There's absolutely nothing surprising about this post or anything she says in this post. Um, it's all me, 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 me. It's all you're not allowed to be not mean to me because I have mental illness. Um, but at the same time, she says she's completely stable. The fact that she doesn't talk about 
James at all, except to be like, James is obsessed with me and like James is going to be so hurt that he can't see me kind of says everything right. Like it just it's just such a me, 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 me statement. But I kind of think that's all Amber is capable of. Um, I also think that it's interesting that she's like, this is a loss for all mothers who have tried to change. And I'm like, well, is it? I'm not so sure this represents anything, is all I have to say about that. Um, I feel for Amber, I do, because as I've said on this podcast many, many times, I do believe Amber is very mentally ill. And I, a big part of me believes that Amber really does try her best. Her best is just, like, not nearly enough, unfortunately. And I think that's just her truth. And I don't think she's able to really see it. So I I feel for her. I I do feel for her. But at the same time, it's a little like, well, kind of is what it is. You know, it kind of is what it is. So that's it for the news this week. Um, we will take a little break and then we will recap the final two episodes of Team Mom 2 Season 3. Okay, these weren't the most exciting episodes ever, but I still just had a lot of fun watching them. Let's start with good old Chelsea Huska. Uh, She has her GED test coming up, and so she's going to ask the Lynns to watch Aubrey. Her mom is over. She calls Adam, and you can tell they've been talking again. Mary can tell. We can all tell. Mary kind of gives her a side eye and she's like, well, we're talking about like just about Aubrey. And she's like, you know, his birthday is coming up. And Mary's kind of like, okay, who cares? (laughs) Chelsea's like, this is like the first birthday in almost four years we haven't spent together. And I'm like, did you spend his birthdays with him previously? (laughs) Like, I, here's the thing. Have Chelsea and Adam like ever actually been in a relationship like did Chelsea go to his parents house for his birthdays were they ever like allow like were I, they but like did Adam ever allow Chelsea to like be part of his life like that I'm always kind of curious about what their relationship was like because it seems so often on that I'm like did Adam ever consider them to be in a relationship <laughs> I'm just a little curious. I'm just a little curious about it. I have questions. Adam is turning 21 and Chelsea is very depressed. She asks her friend to come over. I notice they're at Papa Randy's house. It's so weird that she, in these early seasons, she's like always at her dad's house filming. I wonder if she just like prefers to film at her dad's house. I don't know. But she has a bunch of friends come over and she's just sitting there crying about Adam one, like, one of them is named Tyler. I don't know if we've seen him before or since this episode. But I guess he was Adam's good friend. And Chelsea's like, Tyler, I used to cry to you about Adam all the time, remember? And he goes, Chelsea, stop talking. Why are you talking about him? <laughs> Tyler is such straight guy energy. It's very funny. Because there are actually, if you think about it, there are really not a lot of straight men in Chelsea's life that we see on camera. Like, there's... Randy and then later there's Cole but I think Cole is like particularly like sensitive there's not a lot of like 
shitty straight men in her life. Uh, Chelsea is mostly girlfriends, which I can relate to. And when he's like, so why are you talking about him? I just, it really made me laugh. (laughs) It's really funny in some of these shows and these scenes where a straight guy is like not willing to play into like the dramatic game that they're doing for filming. And Chelsea like so obviously wants this guy to be like, you're so much better than him, Chelsea. You're so much better than him. But like straight guys don't talk like that. So he's like, just stop talking about him. Who cares? And Chelsea's like, you guys just, you don't understand. Okay. Like you don't understand. I just like, I'm sad. (laughs) She's so pathetic in this episode. She's so pathetic. It's actually kind of hard to watch her be so fucking pathetic because it's like girl he does not give a fuck about you she has Aubrey call him which you know is like her favorite thing to do at this point in time when her and Adam are like kind of talking again but not really by the way it's at this reunion that because I watched some of the reunion episodes in which Chelsea admits that her and Adam have been sleeping together again and that they have not been using condoms um also like I don't know if I found this weird at the time. But re-watching this, knowing that they're all 20 years old and having to, like, extensively explain their sex lives to Dr. Drew is, like, really uncomfortable. Like, Drew will just be like, so are you having sex? You're having sex with him? Okay, well, what kind of birth control are you using? Why aren't you using birth control? Huh? 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 And I feel like at the time, I felt like that was fine. <laughs> inappropriate because like they're on a show about like sex and pregnancy right like at its base this is a show about fucking like that's it's about people getting pregnant and people getting pregnant because they're not using birth control and they're being stupid but there's something very weird about watching this grown ass man like come at these girls for not using birth control and like it's not that he's wrong Of course, Chelsea should not be having sex with Adam at all, but she especially shouldn't be having sex with Adam when he's, they're not using birth control. The fact that she's fucking him without condoms, girl, girl, fucking an Adam type of person without condoms is terrifying, first of all. He probably fucks so many girls. Kai and I were talking about this. Like, he is probably fucking every girl in their town. Like, this man is on TV. He's a little famous at this point. Like, Adam is fucking. So the fact that, like, Chelsea's letting him hit it raw. I mean, it's not surprising to me at all. Like, I would be more shocked if Chelsea ever asked a guy to wear a condom. I don't think Chelsea has any self-confidence. Maybe when she first got with Cole. I bet Cole, like, volunteered to put a condom on (laughs) Cole was probably like, let me get my condoms. <laughs> That's not his baby voice. But I am I would bet with Cole they use condoms because Cole, like, wanted to use them. But I would be shocked if Chelsea ever used condoms with guys because she's so fucking insecure. And she so is, like, terrified of ever speaking up for herself when it comes to men. God, Chelsea got lucky with Cole. I say this all the time, right? Like, she got so lucky that the next guy that she found and fell in love with happens to be an incredible guy. I hate to say like she got lucky because I feel like that sounds a little misogynistic when I'm listening to myself talk. 
I just mean that I don't think Chelsea has done like any work on herself emotionally whatsoever. I think that she's like grown and matured naturally. But like pre-meeting Cole, I don't think she had done any emotional work on herself. She just lost 20 pounds and dyed her hair. So everyone's like, holy shit, she's changed everything. But I think she was still just as insecure. But thank God, like the next guy she got serious with happens to be a really good man who like loves the shit out of her. And I think that Chelsea finds all of her confidence in Cole, which is why she struggles with a lot of stuff, like when her anxiety was really bad and when she wouldn't leave the house and all of that type of shit, which seems to be a lot better now. Just by, I mean, what do we know from Instagram? But she does seem to travel and like go to concerts and do things without the kids a lot. So that's good, right? Like that she's doing things without the kids. By the way... Randy or Mary, one of them posted a picture of uh, Chelsea's niece, one of her sister's daughters, and it she looks identical to Aubrey. It's so crazy. I always think that Aubrey looks like Adam, but then I see like these other members of Chelsea's family, and I'm like, I guess not. <laughs> but yeah, Chelsea has no confidence whatsoever. It should surprise no one that she's fucking everyone without condoms, and that she would be fucking Adam. Oh God so good that she's not with Adam anymore. Okay. Uh, it is really cute when Aubrey calls Adam because she's like in her just learning to talk phase and <laughs> she's just very, very cute. Um, at one point, all of her friends are there. She's crying and she's like, I'm, I'm just going to go lay with Aubrey for a little bit. And she gets up, leaves all of her friends sitting downstairs, goes into Aubrey's bedroom lays in the bed and just sobs <laughs> it's it's honestly not even sad because it's so stupid like in a lot of these scenes I'll have real empathy but in this one I'm like girl what the fuck what the fuck are you doing what are you doing you have friends downstairs like get it together like what are they doing are they just like drinking while she's up there like how weird would it be you go okay so your friend from high school hasn't seen you in a while, calls you and is like, hey, do you want to come over? Or he's like, hey, I'm back in town. Um, He had another friend with him. Let's say this friend is like away at college. And he's like, hey, I'm home. Do you want to hang out? And she's like, yeah, here's the thing. Like, you know, I'm on that show. Like, we're filming for it. I'm having some people over. Like, do you want to come over tonight? We're going to be at my dad's. He's going to grill for us. We'll have beer. Like, do you want to come? And he's like, yeah, that sounds like fun. And she's like, do you mind filming? And he's like, no, it'll be okay. And like, you just assume that you're like going over to your friend's house. Like, yeah, there's gonna be cameras. Like, that's a little weird. But like, you don't really watch the show. So you don't really understand that the point of the show is just Chelsea crying about Adam. Um, That that happens in every single episode, no matter what. So you think you're just gonna have like a little chill time. And you get to Chelsea's and she is already crying about Adam. All she wants to do is talk about Adam, who Chelsea says you were his best friend. Once again, I'm going to guess that this kid went to college (laughs) and was like, oh, no, I don't like Adam at all. And like grew out of being friends with Adam. So you go to Chelsea's. She's just crying about Adam. You're on camera. So like you don't really know what to do. And then halfway through the night, she just is like, I'm going to go lay down. And just walks upstairs to lay down in Aubrey's bed and cry with her. Like, what do you do in that situation? Are you like, all right, I guess we're going to head out? 
And then imagine you're the friend, like you're with your friend from college, you're in his hometown, and he's like, hey, you want to go hang out at my friend Chelsea's dad's house? Her dad has this really sick house. It's huge. She always lets us have beer. It's nice over there. It's like right by my house. So like we can get drunk and easily get home. Like, and his his friend's like, yeah. And he's like, here's the thing. Like, we're going to be on MTV. Like, it's kind of cool. We'll film. And the friend's like, yeah, sure. And then he gets there and Chelsea is sitting on the couch in the most oversized sweatshirt and baggy sweatpants with makeup truly all over her face because she's been crying through her eyeliner. Her hair's not been brushed in 82 years. And you just have to sit there and watch her sob (laughs) over a man you have never met in your life. (laughs) Oh, God. It would be so weird. This is why I never would want to be on reality TV because I know some shit like that would happen to me and I just wouldn't know what the fuck to do. Okay, uh, after that, um, she is moving into a new place, and she's really happy, but she's just, like, a little depressed. And so she goes and takes her GED tests, and she's done with them. Mazel tov to Chelsea for finally passing her GEDs. So in the second episode, she goes to look at daycares for Aubrey, because when she starts beauty school, like, Aubrey's gonna have to go to daycare. And... The daycare seems really nice. Here's something that I noticed. Chelsea goes in to talk to the director of the daycare, who seems lovely. She's really nice. She's reassuring. She answers all of Chelsea's questions and, like, is really affirming to Chelsea's fears. I'm noticing Chelsea is talking in her baby voice with the director. And this is where I'm like, her parents have failed. Her parents have failed. I am a firm believer that you need to teach your children how to fucking talk to people. Your children, first of all, I'm a very firm believer in manners. I'm like a real stickler for manners. I grew up in a manners family. Um, Like if I got into the car when I was a child and my mom said, did you say thank you for having me over? And I said, no, I would have to go back inside my friend's house to say thank you to their mom. Um, I was not allowed to leave a person's house without saying thank you. Uh, I was always trained to, like, how to talk to adults. I could always talk to my friend's parents. Um, I always knew how to answer the phone. I knew how to ask for people on the phone, may I please speak with. Uh, I was never allowed to say what back to a parent. Like, if an adult said something to me, I wasn't allowed to say what. Uh, I always had to ask to be excused from the table. Like, manners were just really, really important in my family. My grandmother, but also my parents. My grandma is, like, fucking crazy strict on manners. Uh, if you, if my grandma got you a present and you did not write her a thank you note within the appropriate amount of time, like, you were dead to her. Like, like you were dead to my grandma if you did not write a thank you note in an appropriate amount of time. Personally, I'm kind of glad that thank you notes have, like, gone away in current society. I think they're kind of silly. But I just think it's, like, really important to know how to speak to people politely. And I understand, like, some people have anxiety whatever but like the fact that Chelsea is sitting in a professional woman's office and is doing her baby voice I find unnerving and her parents fucked up because if I had ever dared as a teen to like talk to someone using a baby voice my parent my mom would have been like what the fuck are you doing use speak use a real voice like speak a regular voice actually I remember all the time as a kid whining and using a baby voice and my mom being like I'm not listening to you if you speak that way 
Like we like literally my mom would be like, I can't hear you when you talk that way. Like that shit was trained out of me. And I think that's for the best. And there's just something like deeply embarrassing to me. The idea that as a 20 year old, because yeah, she's not like a full blown adult, but she's 20. By 20, I had been, you know, I moved out to go to college. I moved back home because I was a fucking mess. But like I had jobs and like I was kind of living as an adult, honestly, very similar to Chelsea. Because you guys know I am a Chelsea at my my heart, unfortunately. Not unfortunately. I'm just a real spoiled bitch. Um, but, like, I, I don't know. Like, I knew how to go into places and speak to other adults and to professionals in a professional voice. And watching Chelsea be like, oh, my God, I'm just, like, so worried about Aubrey. It's like, speak like an adult. Why her parents ever trained her out of that baby voice is, I will never understand. And, like, I don't even mean the voice that her and Cole do, right? Like, whatever. You want to be a fucking freak with your husband and use that voice? Like, that's fine for me. Like, that's good for you. Do I think it's fucking gross that you would do it on camera? Yeah. But, like, I know there are plenty of couples that, like, speak to each other in weird baby voices. And it's, like, their thing. They're just smart enough to do it in private, right? I don't mean that. Like, if her and Cole want to use baby voices. But the fact that she uses it, like, all of the time, I forgot how bad it is. And I think it's because we don't really see Chelsea interacting with people that are not her dad or her friends or Aubrey or Adam, right? Like, we really only see her interacting with people in her circle because she doesn't have a job. She doesn't do a lot of the things that, like, a lot of the other teen moms do just by virtue of, like, not having to. Like, we don't see Chelsea go on job interviews. We don't see Chelsea interacting with the person at, like, the welfare office or the college admissions. Well, I guess we do see them in this episode. But just in general, like, even... So, like, somebody... This is so... I was about to say... (laughs) I mean, I'll just say it. Leah, who I do not think is a very smart person, um, has the ability, like, when we saw her go into the school, like... She understands, like, how to speak to another adult in an appropriate manner. She talks to doctors. Like, Leah can hold her own. And I think part of that, unfortunately, is, like, her childhood. I bet she was the one, when her mom was all fucked up, she was the one, like, calling the doctor's office for little Victoria, you know? Like, uh, but Leah, like, can have a job interview, knows how to speak to people. Janelle is not great at it, but that's Janelle. Uh, We hold Janelle to different standards, but like Kale knows how to do it. And Chelsea just like talking in this baby voice to this adult in this adult situation. If I was Randy and I watched that, I would feel sick to my stomach. (laughs) I just think it's so important for children to be raised with manners. It's such a like vital life skill. And like, you don't have to be perfect with it, but every like, child should be well I don't know I guess it's different because people don't talk on the phone as much now but like you need to train your children how to like make a phone call and ask if someone is there appropriately and you need to train your children to say please and thank you and may I please be excused and ask may I do things not can I do things like that shit's important because it it makes an impression on people and just like Chelsea clearly never got that right like Chelsea Chelsea doesn't have manners like she doesn't 
She doesn't seem to know how to interact with people in a way that is, like, age-appropriate. And I find that to be sad. And I'm really curious how it's going to play on the HGTV show. Like, of course, now she, like, doesn't... She isn't that bad because she's in her 30s, right? She's grown up. She's had a lot more life experience. But she still does the baby voice thing. And she still has very little professional experience and she still has very little like experience being in a situation in which she actually has any like stakes in it right because she's always the most famous person in the room and she's always the most successful I'm using that in quotation marks but it is what it is she's always the most successful person in the room and I'm so I'm curious on HGTV like what that's gonna look like like when she's talking to developers and clients of these homes that she's designing, which is still like LOL. LOL. Chelsea's designing homes. Like, just fucking kill me. But I'm still, I'm wondering, like, what voice she's going to use to talk to them. Are her, are her and Cole going to do their baby voice thing on HGTV? Are they? Because here's, as I've said a million times, I think Chelsea plays very well on Instagram. Because it's not a voice medium. <laughs> and I even think that people who don't follow, like, Teen Mom and who maybe watched a couple early seasons of Teen Mom and have, like, vaguely kept up with Chelsea, like, I can see them following her, finding her Instagram and being like, oh, my God, this is so cute. She has a hot husband. Her kids are so cute. They, like, live on this farm. Look at all these animals. And, like, following and genuinely enjoying their content. Um, I just don't know how that's going to translate to a medium in which they speak. <laughs> I'm just not sure. Uh, so Chelsea takes the entrance exam at her beauty school. She needs an 80 to pass. She gets a 91. So I honestly, I heard that. And I was like, good for you, Chelsea. <laughs> like, I was really impressed by that. Uh, and she finds out she passed the GED, which is very nice. Uh, happy for her. It took her 18 years. But once she did it, she did it. So Mazel Tov to Chelsea. I look forward to watching her drop out of beauty school next season. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about Janelle, who actually had, like, a very calm two episodes. And I think it was really making me reflect on, even though off camera she was still being pretty crazy in her life, it is hard in a way for me to watch these and realize that, like, she didn't keep progressing because Janelle is doing significantly better in this season than she was in her 16 pregnant or seasons one and two. Like, yeah, she's still having ups and downs. She just got into that fight with Amber. She did see Kiefer, but she's fighting with her mom, of course. But like in general, like she is doing a lot better. She's passing her drug tests. She doesn't seem to be getting in trouble so much. Her and Barbara going longer without fighting. She's seen Jace a lot, like a lot, a lot more than she used to see him. And it's sad because she really could have kept progressing. Now, was she ever going to, like, be an amazing person? Probably not, right? Like, I'm not saying that Janelle was going to be, like, the best person to ever live, but I... I wish that she had gotten pre proper mental health treatment here, right? Like, I I know she, like, started seeing a therapist or a psychiatrist and was getting meds for bipolar, 
But, like, I really wish that she had stuck with it, that she had gotten into a routine. Because, obviously, like, if you are mentally ill and you start to do a little better, but you're not treating your mental illness, like, things are not, they're not going to stay going up. And, like, yeah, recovery and progress doesn't have to be linear. And it's not for most people. And life is, like, a real long journey, you know. As one might say, life is a highway. Um, <laughs> one might say that, that life is a highway, but it's hard to think that this is kind of like the best Janelle will ever be, right? It's sad. It's sad to think that this is the best that Janelle will ever be. This is the best that Janelle ever is. And it's not that great. <laughs> it's not that great. Ugh. And I know that she'll do, she'll keep up with her progress with Gary Head, but I mean, once again, like eventually that all falls apart. They get like into a huge domestic incident. He gets kicked out of the fucking army as a result of the physical fight they have. So it's just a mess. Um, but these episodes are Janelle. Well, first Janelle, her new roommate Hannah and Tori go to an aquarium, or not an aquarium, like a police. A please touch museum. I think they're called children's museums. In Philadelphia, we have a children's museum called the Please Touch Museum, which is a lovely, lovely, lovely children's museum. But I think of all children museums as being called Please Touch Museums, and I know that's not right. Uh, so they go to North Carolina's Please Touch Museum, and at one point, uh, Tori and Hannah are like, "We're going to do a puppet show because they have like a little puppet show area." And for Jace and Janelle, they reenact the fight that Amber and Janelle had. It's very weird. It's like, I don't think this is appropriate for the Children's Museum. Oh, gosh. But the big story of Janelle's episode is that she wants to find out once and for all if Andrew is Jace's father. Uh, apparently, which no one had knew up to the point of this show airing, Janelle was never sure that Andrew was Jace's father. According to Janelle, she got into a big fight with Andrew, a physical fight is how she describes it. And so she went to Tori's then boyfriend's house and she was just going to stay there for the night. She was going to sleep in a separate room, but they got really drunk and they had sex. And then like it's within a month that she finds out that she's pregnant with Jace. She said that everybody knows this. Uh, her mom, She told her mom about it, like, almost right away after finding out she was pregnant. She told Andrew about it. She told Tori about it. She told Tori's ex. So, like, everybody knew this to be a fact. Andrew agreed to sign the birth certificate. I found this to be pretty... I mean, okay. <laughs> I already knew this happened, right? But I'm going to talk as if I'm watching this for the first time. It is interesting to, like... Think of this never coming up in the 16 and pregnant. I wonder if MTV just cut it, but I kind of feel like they wouldn't because, like, I mean, Janelle's episode is 16 and pregnant. I know I've done it for Feathers My Hair before, but if you've not watched it in a while, go back and watch it. I'm pretty positive it's the first 16 and pregnant of season two. And, you know, season one had some, like, decently shocking moments but this is when MTV was like go big or go home and they said let's come out swinging with Janelle and just being fucking wild 
And I think that they would have included it because I think they went with the narrative of the episode. But it's surprising that, like, Andrew during a fight or whatever, or Barbara never said to Andrew, like, we don't even know if you're the father. <laughs> so it, it's surprising that this never came up. But basically, uh, Andrew calls Janelle. This all kicks off because Andrew calls Janelle and is like, I got a job. I'm going to start paying child support. I want to see my son. And Janelle's like, well, I think we really need to figure out if Andrew is Jace's father or not. Everybody's kind of on board. She calls Andrew to tell him this. And Andrew goes, yeah, I definitely want to do that because uh, Jace isn't my son. (laughs) He's like, I don't think that's my kid. He's not my kid. And if he's not my kid, I'm getting my name taken off the birth certificate. I'm getting the child support rescinded. Like, I'm not paying for a kid that's not mine. It's absolutely wild. The episode starts with Andrew being like, I just want to see my son. I want to be involved in my son's life. To as soon as Chanel brings it up, him being like, yeah, I'm 100% sure that I'm not Jace's dad and I want nothing to do with him. It's so fucked up. At one point, Janelle and Jace, like, Skype with Andrew. And as soon as Andrew gets on the screen, Jace goes, who's that? And Andrew goes, yeah, you don't know me because you've never seen me. Oh, God. It's so, it's, like, really upsetting for Jace. Barbara's, like, thrilled at this notion because she is, like, I don't want Andrew to be Jace's dad. But the thing is, one of Janelle's friends is, like, well, what about Tori's ex? Like, does he know about this? And Janelle's, like, yeah, but he doesn't want anything to do with me or Jace. And I'm, like, so is it better if that guy is the dad? According to Janelle, he ran away to New Orleans and lives there now. So he doesn't even live in the area either. And I'm just, like, is that better? Like, I I don't know. I understand not wanting Andrew to be the father, and I think I would feel that way too. But how is it any better for Jace if it's just, like, another loser that doesn't want to be involved? They get the DNA test, and <laughs> I was all on the Skype, by the way. Andrew's like, he doesn't look like me. He doesn't look like me. He doesn't look like me at all. That kid is not mine. Like, he's just such a dick. But they find out that Andrew is the father. Barbara is pissed. She's like... I just, I really was sure he wasn't. Jace looks just like the other guy. And I'm like, girly, what are you talking about? Jace looks just like you. (laughs) You cloned yourself for Janelle and Janelle cloned herself for Jace. Like, you all look a lot alike. Like, he looks like Janelle. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, he doesn't look like Andrew because he looks like Janelle. But Barbara's like, you know, Jace is going to be really fucked up now. And Janelle's like, don't say that. Barbara's just mad. Barbara does not want Andrew to be the father, which, like I said, fair enough, but I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm happy for Janelle. Well, I'm happy for Jace that even if Andrew's like a fucking scumbag loser, at least he knows for sure who his scumbag loser father is, you know? At least he knows for sure. So that's it for Janelle season three. I cannot wait for season four for Janelle. I can't wait to watch her and Gary head. I can't wait to watch Kiefer come back into the picture. This is when she is working for James Duffy. I can't quite remember if he's on camera or not, but I think he is. Uh, I'm very excited for that. That's when we see Janelle get addicted to heroin. Um, And then I'm, like, excited to cover season five, too. I'm, like, excited to go on this journey, especially with Team Mom 2, because I think... Feathers in my hair started around, what, season seven of Teen Mom 2? And even that, like, 
it's not like we've really revisited those much. So there's a lot of Teen Mom that we can cover, Teen Mom 2 that we can cover that I'm really looking forward to and I think will be fun. Uh, we'll see, like, what Teen Mom Legacy is. I think I'll be more willing to cover Teen Mom Legacy. The issue with Teen Mom Young and Pregnant is that I like watching it. I just don't feel like I have as much to talk about when it comes to Teen Mom Young and Pregnant. And it works better, I think, when I'm watching it with, like, in conjunction with another Teen Mom. Because usually it's not on by itself, right? It's on with OG or two. And... I just don't know these girls that well. I don't I don't have a 15-year-long history with them like I do my other girls. And I don't have the encyclopedic knowledge of these girls' lives, and I don't really follow them on socials because I'm 34. You know, I'm too old, unfortunately. I'm too old to, like, really get obsessed with them. And also, like, they don't live out loud the same way the other Teen Mom girls do or did. Like, it's just – it's a totally different landscape. It's totally different – and I, it, it just, I don't get as excited to talk about them because I don't know them as well. You know, I just don't know them as well. So I am really having fun with these throwbacks and I'm going to keep doing them and I hope you like it. If you really wanted Young and Pregnant coverage, I apologize. I understand. It's frustrating when you don't want to watch a show, especially, <laughs> and you want the podcast you like to cover it. But there are other Team on podcasts, so I'm sure some of them are covering young and pregnant. One of them has to be covering young and pregnant. So hopefully you can get your fix over there and you can come here for the throwbacks that I'm loving talking about. All right, let's talk about Kale, who is getting serious with Javi. She goes on a date with Javi and this is where he reveals that he's in college for his criminal justice degree, which if you all will remember, I have a degree in criminal justice. <laughs> Why do I have a degree in criminal justice? You know, I don't quite know for sure. I can't I can't tell you exactly why I have a degree in criminal justice. What I can tell you is that I spent my entire life being told I should be a lawyer, which really just means that I talked a lot. Um, and there is a real pipeline from a girl who was told she should be a lawyer to podcaster. I bet everybody who has a podcast was told they should be a lawyer as a child. I would I would bet a lot of money on that. Um, but <laughs> I took some pre-law class, like pre-law classes in undergrad. I didn't like them. I didn't like how they were like, you need to already be thinking about law school. And I was like in my first semester freshman year. And then I took some criminal justice classes and I was like, oh, I really like these. Like this is, I, cause I did like the law and I liked learning about it and I liked true crime and stuff. And so I took criminal justice classes and I was like, oh cool. Like this is actually more what I like. And really what I liked was, like, the sociology aspect of it because the criminal justice classes that I took were, like, very sociology-based, um, not, like, how to be a cop-based. I don't know what they are at, like, every school. But in my school, it was in the sociology. Did we have our own? At the first school I went to, it was in the sociology department. I think at the school I graduated from, I think we had a criminal justice department. Um, but... Yeah, I, I liked it. Like, I liked learning about the sociology of crime. I liked criminal law, but I never wanted to, like, be a cop or anything. A lot of people in my classes were former cop or not former cops, were former, like, Marine vets. There were vets that were becoming cops. Um, I would like to now, with what I know about policing, <laughs> go back and, like, retake some of those criminal justice classes 
But really, as like an MSW student now, what I realized is I really should have just had a sociology major. I just, I don't know, was like a dum-dum and didn't even know what college majors were, honestly. I like barely knew what college majors were. I was so stupid. I think I was a history major for a while at first. Because I just like liked history. <laughs> I actually maybe was a political science major, then a history major, then eventually a criminal justice major. So what I'm saying is Javi and I are twins. Uh, Kale really likes that Javi has goals. She says that's a lot different than both Joe and Jordan, uh, which I can see. I don't think Joe has goals. I don't think he had goals. Uh, I think that he was never really a goal person. He was never really a super motivated person, would be my guess. I feel like we never really knew about Jordan. We just didn't know him like that. Uh, but I can see why she's attracted to that with Javi, right? Like, watching these early Javi and Kale scenes, I can really see, especially when she talks about, like, what she likes in Javi and what she's, like, upset about with Joe in regards to, like, their co-parenting and their family situation, I can, like, really see what attracted her to Javi. Like, yeah, they're starting to make some money on Team Mom too. But who fucking knows how long that's going to be. This is before, like, social media influencing. This is before she's, like, really famous. And I bet the idea of, like, dating a guy who wants to be a cop was actually, like, really intriguing to Kale because it's, like, a good career. Let's not get into politics of cops here. But I can see how Kale in that moment was like, yeah, that's what I went to. Like, we'll live a nice, like, middle-class Pennsylvania life together. I, I can see it. Javi is cute. I also think she was always very drawn to his family because, again, in this episode, she's talking to Joe about how she is just so worried that Isaac won't want to spend any time with her because he'll just like Joe's family so much better. It's crazy how much that comes up. I'm like, girly, get a therapist. Because <laughs> Joe never knows how to respond to it. Joe's like, uh, I mean, I don't know. Like... She's like, well, what about when he's 15 and he wants to spend more time with you? And Joe's like, he's two. I don't know. <laughs> but Kale and Javi make a lot of sense. She doesn't seem that into him, which I've been really watching because you know that she said like that she wasn't really in love with Javi. Although she also says that he's probably the love of her life. Who fucking knows, right? Like, Kale's the most unreliable narrator that's ever lived, truly. But I like watching her with the critical eye of Kale today, she actually might be the most interesting to me out of all of the girls to watch in retrospect because I feel like she's changed so much and her motivations are very obvious to me in a way that's interesting. Like, I mean, all of their motivations are pretty obvious, but what Kale calculates a lot more in a way that I find intriguing and you can see that she's, like, not really into Javi. Um, like, physically, she doesn't seem that into him. They're not cuddly. I, she just doesn't seem that into it. She seems to like him. But I can see how she was like, yeah, I, I think this guy is going to be it. He, They go out with Isaac together, and Javi's really great with Isaac, which we always knew he was. Um... Kale's like, well, I don't want you to be my boyfriend because I don't want to keep introducing boyfriends to Isaac, so let's take it slow. Javi's like, yes, I'm willing to take it slow, but I'm pretty sure they're already having sex at this point, so I don't really know what Kale's talking about there. But the big 
the big drama of the two episodes is that V really wants to make things right with Kale. She doesn't like feeling on the outside like she is. And so she decides that she's going to write Kale a letter, basically being like, I just want to start over again, even though V has never done anything to Kale ever. And she writes this letter. It's fine, right? It's like, I want you to like me, basically. And Joe is like, well, I want you to meet her. And Kale's like, no, 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 no. I'm not meeting her. I'm not meeting her. And Joe's like, but don't you think it's, like, good for Isaac if you don't hate V? And she's like, I don't hate her. I don't hate her. I just don't want anything to do with her. I don't want to meet her. Which is so weird because I would think, like, if you your child was like with somebody all of the time you would want to meet them at least but kale doesn't want to because she still wants to be back with joe and she still has this like fantasy that her and joe are going to be together as a family and she says it to a friend like meeting v means that like it's officially done like she really has to face facts and she can't be in denial Joe is like, well, can you meet her, like, for me? And Kale's like, I don't owe you anything. I owe you nothing, Joe. ay yay 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 She does eventually feel bad, and it's Isaac's birthday, so she invites Joe to the party where Joe and Javi meet. It's fine. At one point, Kale starts crying during the party. Um, she cries a lot in these early seasons, a lot more than she does now. But, yeah, her and Javi are going to get serious and I am looking forward to it. Okay, let's round the corner on Leah who gets engaged in this episode. Leah and Jeremy are engaged 11 minutes after meeting one another. It is insane how quickly this happens. Insane. She is happy? Question mark. Watching this all back is wild. I'm like, why did she do this? It doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, her choices make no sense. Uh, She calls her mom to tell her, and she's like, um, I'm engaged? And her mom's like, what? (laughs) She's like, well, are you happy for me? And Dawn goes, well, you're 20 years old. That's up to you. If you're happy, I'm happy. (laughs) Is this out of order? Did she get pregnant before they got engaged in real life? I don't remember. Uh, Leah's like, well, I feel like I'm going to have a family now. Obsessed with family. Obsessed with the idea of family. Which is, it's sad. It's like, you have a family, girly. You have two beautiful daughters. They're your family. But she wants a classic heteronormative family. She goes out to get her nails done with her friend Kayla. And Kayla's like, okay, you're engaged. And she tells Kayla she got her IUD taken out. And Kayla's like what? And Leah's like, yeah. And Kayla goes, why? And Leah says, why not? And Kayla says, because I thought you didn't want any more kids right now. And Leah said, I could have five kids. And Kayla's like, well, why, why didn't you just wait till you were married? And Leah goes, well, I just feel like Jeremy really wants a kid. And Kayla goes, I don't think Jeremy knows what that means. (laughs) Oh, gosh. She's like, well, what if you don't last with Jeremy? And Leah's like, well, I'm going to last with him. It's not an issue. Oh, and by the way, I've been feeling really nauseous, and I'm going to take a pregnancy test. And surprise, surprise, Leah's pregnant. Who could have ever guessed that would happen? Kayla is not pleased. (laughs) 
Kale is really funny in these episodes. Uh, she finds out she's pregnant and she calls Jeremy to tell him. At one point, we see this, like, quick shot of Aaliyah holding, like, their Yorkie in her arms. Like, as a true baby, she's wearing a diaper and nothing else. And, like, toddles away with the dog in her arms. I'm like, oh, my God. No animal is safe than Leah Messer's home. So Dawn comes over and Leah's like, so I got my IUD at. And Dawn's like, what? Like, are you going to try and get pregnant? And Leah goes, yes, I am. And Dawn's like, mm. and Leah goes, well, I am pregnant. <laughs> Dawn's like, what? <laughs> come again? Come again? <laughs> she calls Leah fertile, fertile myrtle, which she definitely is. So when she goes to lunch with Kale to talk about it, Kale is like, you're out of your fucking mind. She's like, this is insane. And at one point, Leah's like, can you just be excited for me? And I actually thought this was kind of touching because Kayla was like, okay. <laughs> I, I, That's kind of how I am as a friend where it's like, I'll talk real with you. But if you're like, I just, I don't want to hear it. Like, I just want you to be happy with me. I'm like, okay. Like I said my piece, let's be happy now. It's like, you know, the TikTok of, um where it's like me dancing at the baby shower for the baby I told my friend to abort. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'll give you the real talk. But then once you say you've heard it and you just want to be happy and you want me to be happy for you, I will be. Unless it's like some dangerous shit for the most part. It's like, okay, you've made your decision. However, however, she has decided that she needs to tell Corey and she's still not sure where she stands with Corey. I'm like, oh, God, she's going to tell Corey in another parking lot. But she decides it's so serious. She has Corey over to the house to tell him. Uh, she lets Corey know because she said that there's a lot of rumors going around already. And I'm like, well, who are you telling? But Corey had heard and asked her about it. And she says yes. Um, he's upset about it. He tells his dad is upset about it. Leah goes to talk to Kayla. And she's like, well, I think I love Corey still. I'm like, what? Kayla says that, you know, I don't think you're happy with Jeremy the way that you were with Corey. And I'm like, well, were, was she happy with Corey? What is anybody talking about? And Kayla's like, well, I don't think you should be with Jeremy. You're confused about Corey. It doesn't make any sense. And Leah's like, well, too late. I'm pregnant with his baby. I'm not going to leave him. She's like, I'm just never going to love another guy like I loved Corey. It's fucking nuts. It's nuts. She calls Jeremy a little later and goes... Do you still want the baby? Actually, what she says is, I can't wait to have our baby, but, like, do you still want the baby? <laughs> Jeremy's like, what? 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 It's such a weird conversation. And, like, knowing what we know about how this pregnancy ended, watching all of this is, like, oof. Oof, 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 oof. Uh, the episode ends with, Leah going to talk to Corey at a drop-off and Corey being like, well, you know, like, I just want to be supportive. I want to be here for you. I'm shocked, but I, I care for you. And then Leah is like, I still love you, basically. Basically, they come to the conclusion that neither has moved on. Leah, girly, what the fuck are you doing? When she comes to the reunion, she shares that she has miscarried, which we all know was actually an abortion because Leah has told us. And as I've said, I think that abortion was the smartest thing she ever did. I think having a kid with Jeremy would have been, at that point, would have been idiotic. But for her to just then turn around and marry Jeremy is really 
stupid. I, it's also, like, bizarre watching this, knowing that she, like, got pregnant on purpose because she wanted a family with Jeremy. And then, like, three days later, it was like, well, I want to be with Corey instead. And I can't be with Corey if I'm pregnant with Jeremy's baby, which, like, fair enough. Um, I, I don't know. I... I don't judge her for having an abortion whatsoever. I mean, duh. And I really don't judge her for lying about it. I understand why it hurts some people, but I've never had a miscarriage. I don't identify with that pain. I don't think Leah lying about having a miscarriage affects anybody else, but I, I can understand why that's a sensitive topic for many people. But it is kind of wild to watch this, like watch the insane decisions that she's making Moving in with a guy, like, a minute after meeting him, getting engaged, taking her IUD out, getting pregnant right away, then suddenly being like, well, I miss Corey and I want to be with Corey, so I'm going to get rid of this baby, but I'm actually not going to get back with Corey. I'm going to go back and forth with Corey and Jeremy. It's just a mess, right? And also, like, I mean, I don't... Also, like, with not telling Jeremy the truth at the time, I don't blame her because it's not always safe for a woman to tell her partner that she's getting an abortion, right? Like, but I, I mean, I do think there's something to be said if you are in a non-abusive situation and you tell your partner you want to have a baby and you guys actively try and get pregnant, you get pregnant, then you have an abortion because you're not sure you want to be with them and then you lie about it, but then you stay with them and go on to get married and have a kid to get, like, that's messy. That's messy as fuck. It's not that I, I want, I just want to make it, like, extremely clear. I'm not judging the abortion, and I'm not even necessarily judging lying to MTV about it and the public about it, and I'm, well, I'm definitely not judging that, and I'm not even necessarily judging her lying to Jeremy about it, because we don't actually know, like, what was going on between the two of them, and if it truly was safe for Leah to tell Jeremy but, like, her motivations are extremely clear, and it's kind of shitty. Like, it's shitty to get with a guy and be like, I want to have a baby with you, and get pregnant on purpose, get him all excited, then, like, have an abortion and lie to him about it, and then continue to stay with him. It's just, it's not treating Jeremy well. Um, But, you know, Jeremy's kind of an asshole, so, like, how much do I care in the long run? Like, very little. <laughs> it just is makes watching this really interesting to know. So that's a wrap on season three. Can't wait to talk about season four next week. The first two episodes next week is about Kale and Joe having that fight where she goes to get the PFA on him. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. I love you all. Go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Liz Explains. Uh, subscribe on the first of the month and listen to me next week talk about TikTok. Okay, I hope you all have a lovely week and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Solid Listen Network. Find me on Instagram at feathers underscore pod.